You are listening to Root Bound, a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. This episode of Root Bound is brought to you by Ancient Grains. It doesn't matter how they're spelt, you'll barley be able to contain your excitement. If you're quinoa, buckwheat, the trend, and try Ancient Grains. It's not teff to just put some millet in your skillet. Ancient grains are the antid oats to all your problems. Before we even get started, I just want to give a disclaimer. Do not try this at home, what you're about to hear. Uh, Rootbound is not responsible for your actions. This is for entertainment purposes only. My name is Steve, by the way. Thank you for listening. So just to set the scene here, I'm in a park near my house. There's some construction nearby, which you'll probably hear uh, lots of construction sounds because it's pretty noisy. There's also some airplanes because we're near the Washington National Airport. But I am walking down this little path and I am about to expose myself to poison ivy. (laughs) And this is because I don't think I've ever had poison ivy before. And that's the topic of today's show. And I want to know how it feels like. So... Um, also, there's a small percentage of people, as you'll find out in the show, who are immune, and I'm curious if I'm one of those. I'm probably not, but we'll see. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm putting on a plastic glove. I'm going up to some I- poison ivy that's growing up a tree, sticking out kind of like branches, and I'm putting the glove on with my right hand, taking a leaf with my right hand, and just swiping it on my forearm of my left arm. Here we go. Okay, I did that, (laughs) and uh, it takes a while for it to uh, kick in, so check back at the end of the show to see if I get contact dermatitis from Poison Ivy. Steve here, back in the studio. Before we get on the show, I just want to put in one little more disclaimer. Do not touch Poison Ivy. It can give you a very bad allergic reaction and can be very dangerous, so don't do it. And you are... Poison... Poison Ivy. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, Do you have a plant to share with us today? Uh, Yeah. Uh, The plant I have to share is Poison Ivy. Oh, wonderful. So before we go any further, I have to do this, and you don't know what this means, but this little ding-ding thing means that you have chosen a plant that's on my secret list of plants which means we have a special episode and we're only going to talk about one plant. Normally we talk about two, you talk about one and I talk about one, but, but there's a certain number of plants on my secret list of plants and poison ivy is one of them. So you'll tell me about poison ivy and I might pepper in with a few personal anecdotes and that will be the whole show. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, what, what, why, why did you choose poison ivy? Why is poison ivy meaningful to you? Uh, yeah, so I chose poison ivy because I have... Uh, childhood memories of it. Um, I My earliest memory uh, was there being a poison ivy vine in our backyard. Uh, I was maybe, I was a toddler and I'm the youngest of four siblings. I've got three older siblings and they all got poison ivy one day. And I remember looking over and seeing my mom putting the calamine lotion on my sister's arms and my brother's arms. And I got a little bit of, like, uh, maybe 
wanting some more attention and uh, as well, and I wanted to get poison ivy. Um, and how did they all get it? And I didn't. Um, and I tried to get it. I rubbed it on myself and I never got it. And I remember being jealous that they got the calamine lotion because it was this pink lotion and mom was applying it. Aww. And uh, I later in life, again, I tried. I actually tried to get poison ivy because uh, I, I didn't know what it felt like. I never felt the burn. I didn't know how bad it was. Um, I was about nine and I tried again and I didn't get it. I learned at some point that not everyone is allergic to poison ivy. About 10% of the population is, well, commonly we'll say immune. It's not really an immunity. It's just that a non-allergy. Uh, and I'm one of them. And I shared this. Wow. Yeah, I think I must have shared the story with an aunt. And uh, my mom is also, my mom is one of six siblings. And uh, the aunt said, oh yeah, don't you know that your mom, she was famously not allergic to poison ivy. And she wore a poison ivy corsage to her prom. And whoa, my mom was in high school. Oh my gosh. Uh, she was in high school in the 60s. And uh, I guess that was her way of saying to her date, you know, hands off. Um, wow. Basically, like, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not slow dancing closely. You're not going to touch me. Um, so yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. That is super cool. Wow. Yep. And I found that out actually after my mom's passing, but I found out that I, it's uh, the immunity to poison ivy is inherited. So I almost certainly inherited it from my mom. Uh, I just now realized that sort of poignantly, I can tie the story back around to when I was a little girl and I saw my mom applying the lotion and I wanted to get the lotion applied by mom. Lo and behold, I never got that, but I did get her immunity. That is a very beautiful story and like totally not what I expected. And I think a really awesome. Wow. That was, thanks for sharing that. That was super cool. Absolutely. Um, so do you feel like, uh, I don't know, it almost feels like a superpower. Have you tried to be exposed to poison ivy uh, even later in life? and or, or do you just have no fear of it now? Uh, I have not tried again because I did look into it. I thought, like, let me research my superpower. Uh, uh -huh. And I learned, I learned that, like a lot of allergies, the more you're exposed to it, you can actually develop an allergy. So I'm sure. trying to protect and maintain my superpower by saving it for only when I maybe truly need it. Wonderful. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe I'll rescue a, like a kitten out of a tree that's covered in poison ivy, something like that. Yeah, you got to save your skills for something like that, for sure. Um, wow, that's really fascinating. You know, it's interesting you bring this up because I'm fairly sure I've never had poison ivy, even as a kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, we'll see if this happens. One of my thoughts for the uh, intro or outro of the show was to actually purposely expose myself to see how it is. Um, now I think I have to. <laughs> um, okay. So... So stay tuned for that, listeners, or maybe you already heard it. I That's one fun thing about the show is that you never know what happens before or after this interview. But I, I think I have to try it. I do remember the other day, though, I was um, I was in this like place, and I realized I was just traipsing through Poison Ivy. Now, I was wearing long pants and, uh, and shoes, but 
I've also read that it can stick around on clothes for a long time, and I wasn't really being careful and have touched my shoes and touched, you know, so, and I didn't have any exposure, but I also was wearing long, long pants and stuff. So it's really interesting. I'm curious now. Maybe I'm lucky. We'll find out. Yeah. Well, uh, so I have heard the uh, analogy that the, so it's the oil in poison ivy Mm -hmm. that causes the allergic reaction. Um, and it's actually, uh, urushiol, mm-hmm. yep. And, uh, actually I noticed, I thought it was fun. I tried to remember that by thinking, well, it's like you, your rash oil. It's one letter <laughs> different from a funky spelling of your rash oil. It's your rouge oil, right? What a wonderful mnemonic. I <laughs> didn't ever think about that. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, um, I uh, heard the analogy that it would be like having, uh, like, it's like grease, like the oil, and but it's clear. Uh, so what you were describing is having touched other things, uh, to imagine having done that, but with, like, black grease, and how hard that would be to get off, like how, like, I, w- I, I changed, like, a bike chain, and the grease gets everywhere. And it takes a while to get off, this, even with soap. And so they say uh, that, and I've never had to do this because of the immunity, the non-allergy, but that uh, you usually need more than just like a quick soap and water, like washing your hands. You really have to scrub to get it off. Yeah, uh, I read that too. I saw I saw this video a while back when I was thinking about that, um, that if you are able to really scrub with soap and water within like two hours of exposure, you won't have any reaction because one, yes, you it is like oil, like you said, and you have to scrub it off. But also, uh, it takes a while to like penetrate your skin and get like below the skin, and that's when the allergy mm. occurs. So you can avoid all effects as long as you like scrub yourself. But you got to do it really good. And this guy who did the video, he literally put grease on his hands to show you how you have to like wash your hands in order to get it. Ah. So it's a really good analogy. Cool. Yeah, I did not. Yeah. I. D- I didn't see a video, but that I just heard the analogy and immediately I've, you know, I've got a bike. So I pictured that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a, like a major bike person, huh? Uh, in spirit these days. Yeah. Uh, working from home. I don't have my built in 20 mile a day commute. So. Yeah. You got to like force yourself to do a, like a fake commute. Yeah. Little local commutes and, you know, going around DC. So I'm, more and more especially now that it cools down yeah oh man it's been it's been so hot lately um do you have any other fun facts or dazzling details about uh poison ivy as a matter of fact uh i don't oh okay. and i tried i uh thought that i would type poison ivy into google and uh like you do with so many things on the internet there's many results there's uh, a variety of things you might find uh, historic facts. You might find someone who made a vlog about it. Um, but with poison ivy, uh, almost all the information is the same. It's a lot of how not to get poison ivy and what to do once you get it. Uh, it's a lot of the, the media around poison ivy is about treating it and not about the plant itself. Uh, so that was harder to come by. And I thought like, well, I guess that's because, you know, it's a plant that we don't love. That most of society doesn't really like and doesn't maybe want to learn about. It's not a house plant. 
right? It's not something you would want to put in your garden. It's just generally something you want to get rid of, uh, unless you're immune, of course. But yeah, yeah. So That's I thought I... Uh, that that comes from that comes up with a couple things, like a reoccurring thing on the show. One thing that happens a lot is I I find that Google is kind of broken in some ways. And you Google stuff and you kind of just get the same stuff over and over again, which is very common and kind of annoying. Um, and yeah, there's that thing about which plants we value and which plants we don't. And the ones we value end up having way more about them. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting about this plant. Um, I do have maybe a couple fun facts I can share about, well, maybe not about poison ivy, because maybe you're right. There's not as much about the plant itself, but about Arushio. Arushio. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I I was really interested in that. Um, my wife's a chemist, so like chemical stuff often really piques my interest. And I was looking into that, and the two things that really um, caught my interest were, one is the name Urushiol is from a Japanese tree that is called Urushi in Japanese. Mm. It is also known, though, as the Japanese lacquer tree. And this is super fascinating. Apparently, Urushiol, if... If uh, cured the right way, if you collect the arushiol, and apparently they collect arushiol from the lacquer tree, kind of like you collect rubber from a rubber tree, it, it produces it from the sap. Mm -hmm. If you treat it and cure it the right way, it creates a very hard and durable lacquer. And there's a whole, like, world of, of uh, in Japan and China and Korea, of lacquerware made from arushiol. And the process of making mm -hmm. it, you have to be really careful because you can you'll you'll get the rash but once it's cured it's this really beautiful stuff and if you mm. google uh, uh uh you know uh arushi lacquerware arushio lacquerware it's this really beautiful thing and it's something i had never heard of so i thought that was super fascinating for sure yeah that also makes it a nice maybe coffee table piece yeah and and then so then i was thinking could you do that with poison ivy so i was trying to see if anybody had ever tried to like harvest the ruchio from poison ivy and turn it into lacquerware and apparently nobody has done this ever i guess maybe it just doesn't mm. produce enough or maybe people are just too mm. scared of it but what i did find which was related and interesting is that there is a a less common form of um poison ivy contact dermatitis that's called black spot poison ivy and that's where if you get enough of the arushiol on you, that it can actually, and, and, and you have the right circumstances, it can actually cure on your skin and basically form a black lacquer spot on your skin Wow! that won't go away for two weeks and you can't get it off. It's like you have lacquered yourself. You have to grow new skin. And you, you wait, yeah, basically you wait two weeks and it falls off. Um and and you do get the other around it, and sometimes under it, you do get the rash as well. But uh, it the place where it, like you had enough that it, it didn't all get absorbed into your skin, I guess, and it, it, it goes through that curing process, and it forms this like hard black spot, which wow. is very fascinating. Far out. Maybe yeah. you could use that as instead of the, uh, the festival tags. You know, they're always looking for something that people can't take off and transfer. Yeah, you gotta oh. be like really hardcore to go to that concert, you know. Your racial spot. Yeah, getting getting a rash as well as your permanent spot. Um, hey, it could I also could be go ahead. Admission to the uh, Poison Ivy Immunity Club. Totally, I want, uh, yeah. Temporary tattoos for the Poison Ivy immune. Yeah. Um, I thought it was 
uh, what you said about the Yurushi tree, um, well, one, I thought, like, that's interesting, like, no one has used poison ivy for uh, lacquer, like, tried to make that lacquer out of it, like, the, and it's interesting, the plant that's most well-known for Yurushi oil uh, isn't the one that's used for the common, the common use of Yurushi oil, um, but I did not know that it was named after a tree, uh, but that there is another plant that has it uh, reminded me that I'd also learned that apparently uh, mangoes also contain Yurushi oil. Did you, I did saw you that. hear that? Yeah, that was interesting. And yeah, I think if some people have issues handling mangoes, um, even just handling them, but I guess the tree has some more. Another fruit that has it is the fruit of the cashew. Hmm. So this we have, we're getting into away from poison ivy here, but that's that's fine. The you know the cashew is not a actual nut. It's like the stem of this fruit, and the fruit of the cashew is actually toxic because of arushiol. So it has to go through this whole process to be to to separate the nut part from the fruit. So if I do a cashew episode of some days. Oh. Uh, that that will be uh, uh, more highlighted, but yes, it's another huh. one of the plants that have arushio. Oh, arushio. far out! Far yeah. out. So, other things that we can eat. Um, Indeed. Have you seen these videos of people eating poison ivy and what? saying no. that? Yeah, apparent. Uh, well, apparently, some people can eat poison ivy. And okay, uh, disclaimer, I, everybody, before you continue, yeah. disclaimer: we're not recommending this, but please go on. Well, I, I think that they were going with the idea that, like, you know, if you have certain food allergies, you can eat little bits of them and develop an immunity. Uh, I, th I think that's what they were going for. Um, but maybe they also just aren't allergic to begin with. So I wouldn't, yes, would not recommend it. I, I won't even try it. Yeah, um, it sounds like a very bad idea. <laughs> but uh, but it is it does uh, give you a rash from contact with your skin. So, yes, I don't know. Uh, I, I I think that I think I did read that like the stomach acid pretty quickly like eliminates it, it doesn't cause the same reaction. Yeah, that could be true. That could be true because I was reading a little bit about the mechanism and, uh, you know, real botanists can get at me on this, but it has to do with when it eventually seeps into your skin, it bonds with your skin cells in a certain way. Yeah. And I think it might be similar to like a curing process, like the lacquer. I mean, this is just kind of speculation, but it, it bonds with your skin cells. And then that's when your immune system recognizes your skin cells as foreign now because they have this other thing on them. And that rash is your immune system response. And so <laughs> if you're for if you're immune, you don't have that response for some reason. And your body's like, fine, those those are fine for now. They'll go away, I guess. Um so maybe if you ingest it, but audience, don't ingest it. Disclaimers. But maybe if you do, that stuff gets broken down or something like that. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I think I think don't don't deer eat poison ivy. This is just pure mm. speculation. I might be totally wrong on this. Google mm. that audience. I, but they they may, and maybe it doesn't bother them. I know birds love the 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 berries. So poison ivy does have really lovely berries. Mm. Um, I mean they're not edible for humans at all uh, mm -hmm. but they look really beautiful and birds love them and one thing about poison ivy that i think is interesting is that it is kind of this um this hated plant but 
it's a native plant. It's here mm -hmm. in its environment. It is the part of the country we're in and, and the whole basically western half of the, uh, this continent. It's where it's from. Oh, yep. there's a kitty. Hi, kitty. Uh, the whole western uh, half of this continent um, is where it's from and it belongs here. And, and on the other hand, something like English ivy, which is used ornamentally all over the place, is super invasive and not from here, but, but somehow poison ivy is the hated plant. I, and, mm -hmm. no poison, and, and English ivy is like welcomed and it's, I think a little bit kind of shows how we value things. Well, is English ivy poisonous? It is not poisonous. You, yeah, it's not poisonous. So that's why I think, you know, the poison thing is, you know. Yeah, the poison thing kind of, kind of messes the whole thing up. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, you know, I think, I think one interesting thing about poison ivy too, and I've heard of several other people talk about it like this is, it's this really interesting um, way to keep you aware when you're in nature, right? Because it is something, once you mm -hmm. can recognize it, it's pretty easy to avoid. And so you can think of poison ivy as this, like, sentinel, this thing in the woods that's keeping you aware, that's maybe telling you where you maybe shouldn't go. You know, and it's not like it's, it's not like it's uh, a poisonous snake or something that's going to attack you, right? You have to, it's really more of a, uh, something that shows you when you're not actually being present, mm -hmm. which is, you know, I think it has a lot of value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. It's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, and then and maybe the last the last thing about poison ivy, and re the reason why it's, for me, the reason why it's on my secret list of plants, even though I don't have a lot of, Maybe two other things. I don't have a lot of ton of personal stories. Like I said, I don't think I've ever gotten a rash even when I was a kid. Even though going back to my childhood memories, this is this is the funny thing that pops into my head about childhood memories. I remember my dad telling me a story about a kid that he knew when he was a kid. And this is maybe apocryphal. Maybe every every kid's parent has a story about the kid who was at camp that accidentally used toilet used it as toilet paper on a camping site. And so that was something that was burned in my brain. Uh, to not do but it's also something mm -hmm. about I guess it leads to like how you teach kids about awareness like yeah see that plant don't do that like that's how you need to decide but anyway but the other thing the less funny thing about poison ivy is and why it's on my list of plants is that I actually really think it's a beautiful plant like if you look at it the way that the the leaves this 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 first of all the three the leaves of three thing is unique right there's really not any other plant like it some of the the brambleberries kind of have some leaves of three thing going on but that specific look is mm -hmm. unique and it does highlight and say hey here i am and the way those leaves fall is really beautiful and they have this color to them that is also the green is kind of like hard to explain but it kind of stands out a little bit iridescent yeah and i think it's just a really beautiful plant and also, it can really take on a lot of different forms. There's some cases where there's a place around the corner of my house where the vine has worked its way up a tree, and then it sent out these branches, and it almost looks like it's mimicking the tree. Like, there's literally, like, branches of poison ivy, like, sticking out from this tree. And if you're not, like, Neat. looking close, you might think it's just the tree, which is really interesting. So it's got this, like, shape-shifting form, and it's just, like, yes. it's just a really cool beautiful plant that that helps you be aware of your surroundings mm -hmm. yeah i did read that about poison ivy that it it blends in with other plants so yeah definitely a, a shape shifter and i agree i think it's pretty 
maybe next time you see some, you can just give it a tap and and see. Maybe where yeah, I bring a glove back and don't spread it around just in case. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try that, and we'll see uh, by the time this episode's over whether uh, I have the allergy or not. I'll be interested in in hearing the follow up. Maybe it'll make it to the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I think that that's a good place to wrap up. Um, thanks for joining me. Thanks for telling that really awesome story about your superpower and your relationship with your mom. Very, you think of poison ivy and you never think of such a poignant story. So that was really wonderful. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me share. Toxicodendron radicans, commonly known as poison ivy, is not a true ivy, but related to pistachio, cashew, and mango. Poison ivy is well known for causing urushiol-induced contact dermatitis, an itchy and irritating painful rash in most people who touch it. This Asian and North American flowering plant is a notorious shapeshifter, but can be identified by its signature clusters of three leaves. To conclude, we'll take an idea from the American herbalist Jim McDonald. Jim suggests that poison ivy has a powerful medicinal property for humans. The plant promotes mindfulness. As we humans move further and further away from intimacy with our role in the vast interconnectedness of the planet, these plants beg us to bring attention back to our natural environment. If you don't know what poison ivy is, it's going to introduce itself to you. It is interesting to note that higher carbon dioxide levels increase the rate of poison ivy's growth, as well as causing them to produce more unsaturated urushiol, which causes stronger reactions in humans. Poison ivy's growth and potency has already doubled since the 1960s. In this way, the Earth's horrifying alliance of stinging plants have positioned themselves as awareness medicines and as guardians of the planet. That was a clip from a talk about scary plants written by my sister, Harmony Ellington. If you want to hear her talk more about plants, check out episode four of the podcast where she talks about the rose. Now, before we get on with the rest of the show, just got to give another disclaimer. Don't try anything that you heard on this show. Don't touch poison ivy. Definitely don't eat poison ivy. I actually did a little research and watched some of those videos of people that uh, Rebecca mentioned. And there really is no scientific evidence that ingesting poison ivy can give you an immunity. In fact, it is likely to give you an allergic reaction. So don't do any of that stuff. Disclaimer, Ruban is not responsible for your actions. You know the drill. Just be smart. Don't be like me. Because I think you are all wondering the answer to whether or not I got contact dermatitis from touching poison ivy at the beginning of this podcast. That's what you're here for. And the answer is no. But also, I don't think that actually means anything for a few reasons. I've done a little bit more research. I understand poison ivy a little bit more, which is the whole point of the show, is to try to understand plants more. And one, it can actually, apparently, the first time you're exposed to poison ivy, it can take days or even weeks for the contact dermatitis to appear so that that arushiol can seep into your skin and chill there for a while until your immune system decides to say, hey, enough of you, get out of here and make a rash. So this is, you know, now... Uh, well over 12 hours later, 
and I do not have a rash, I don't have any discomfort, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen later, so I'll probably update on social media or maybe in another episode if that happens, but as of now, I'm good. However, that also, it's also possible I didn't get any erushiol on my skin, even though I took a leaf of poison ivy and I rubbed it on my arm, and that's because the level of oiliness, of erushioliness on poison ivy can vary at different times of the year, and... From what I read, it's more likely to have that oil in the fall. And I didn't really feel anything oily, but I know that's something that you can't necessarily tell. But anyway, it's possible there just wasn't a ton of arushiol on the leaf when I touched it to my skin. The third and probably the less likely option is that I'm actually, like Rebecca, immune to arushiol, meaning that I do not have an allergy to arushiol. Uh, I think that's unlikely. I think one of the other two options is more likely, but we'll see. Just to reiterate, I think that is one thing that's really interesting about poison ivy is that unlike lots of other toxic plants that actually are irritants, that are actually like causing physical damage to you when you touch them, arushiol is only an allergic reaction. The way that it binds with your skin cells causes your immune system to react. So that's pretty interesting. And that's the end of the show. Remember all those disclaimers. Don't touch poison ivy. Do not eat poison ivy. Just enjoy Poison Ivy's beauty. Thanks for listening. My guest on this episode of Rootbound was Rebecca Johnson, a.k.a. Becky with a superpower. She gets it from her mama. Rebecca is an urban bicycling enthusiast and tenants' rights activist. Rootbound is hosted by the guy who touches Poison Ivy, Steve Ellington. Music by Christian Kriegeskota. Fake ads by David Lonnie. You know, Rootbound is a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. But if you can go outside, enjoy a walk in the woods, but just be aware of the poison ivy. Ancient grains, the antid oats to all your problems. Einkorn.